1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. There is some breaking news. Though you've probably heard it by now. The President of the United States uh, has tested positive for symptomatic COVID. He has a sore throat, a dry cough, a runny nose. Um... Uh, lots of speculation that he got it in Saudi Arabia. That 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 fist bump gave him COVID, I guess, given the way the Saudis manhandled him. I'm surprised he didn't get monkeypox. I mean, the, just the, wow, everything that happened there. He kept himself in isolation except in, in public events with the Israelis and the Saudis. They got the better of him. The media is attacking him. What a disaster of a trip to Saudi Arabia. Uh, you, you go through all that, you embarrass yourself with the press, they start hating on you for uh, capitulating to the Saudis, you do the fist bump with MBS uh, before the public, uh, you you claim that you raised the Khashoggi matter with him behind closed doors, the Saudis deny you ever did it, and then you come home with COVID. He is isolated inside the White House, uh, he's been giving uh, an antiviral medication, he is resting and doing fine. It is worth noting that when Trump got COVID, it was before a vaccine and a booster and all of that. And there actually was, he had to go through experimental treatments and, and be flown over to Walter Reed and stay there for several days. And now after the vaccine, and the booster, yeah, old people his age still get it. Uh, cases tend to be milder than what they otherwise would have gotten. But uh, now he's just able to to take a, a previously approved antiviral drug we now know works on COVID. And stay home. It's it's a different phase. It's notable, however, the president does was uh, not only did he get uh, both rounds of the vaccine, but he's been boosted twice and still got it. If the president of the United States in the bubble he's in can get COVID, perhaps there really is no help for the rest of us, and that I think is probably driving. Some of the I I don't want to use the word fatalism as some of the media have used. I I think that's just driving people's mentality here. The president of the United States lives a cloistered life. He is in a bubble. The people around him are randomly and regularly tested for COVID. He flew overseas to Saudi Arabia. He uh, was protected there. He had very limited public interactions. Uh, he did the one fist bump with MBS, uh, Mohammed bin Saud. He comes, or bin Salman, he comes home. A few days later, he tests positive for COVID. He's had the vaccine. He's had the boost twice, and he gets it. If the president of the United States can get it, the rest of us are going to get it. Uh, There's no reason for the dramatic uh, play up in the media again of COVID. If anything... Uh, The playing up COVID again, to some degree, hurts the Democrats, and yet the media can't help themselves at this point. There is, to be sure, another COVID wave spreading across the nation. I know more and more people who have gotten it in the last month. My kid is actually going to a um, week-long summer camp program at Georgia Tech, and has to have a test forty eight hours before going, and then must be tested every day that she is there. And masks are required. My office, I have avoided my office. They brought back the mask mandate. Now I don't even get corporate emails anymore, so I didn't know. Except Jim told me that uh, there's the mask mandate. I would have showed up without a mask, uh, but now I know. I got to be up there next week. I will take my mask with me. I'll I'll be a good corporate employee. I don't make my employees wear masks. I'm ready for my own office. Um, But all that being said, the reality is there's another wave of COVID. What you're not hearing about, and this is important, you are not hearing about a massive wave of deaths. You are more likely right now to hear hype about monkeypox than you are uh, COVID. I I have to tell you, one of the uh, most fantastic typos of all time occurred just a little while ago on social media. Uh Benjamin Ryan is a writer for the New York Times. Uh this is just too good uh to Not 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 to share with you guys. I got to read for you this guy's tweet, and I'm trying to pull up uh, in actual context. Uh, He's the science reporter on monkeypox, HIV, COVID and climate. Uh, He contributes to The New York Times, NBC News, The Guardian, uh, The Washington Post, The Nation, The Atlantic, clearly of the left. We should know he is of the left. And this was his tweet he was uh, referring to something from uh James Jerome Adams Jerome Adams was the Surgeon General under Trump, and he's got to tell you, Jerome Adams, who's gone into full panic mode now that he's out of the Trump White House, says, I hate to tell you all this, but COVID-19 is still a pandemic, and now monkeypox is too. And both are going to get a lot worse before they get better. Just wait till schools, including colleges, reopen in a few weeks. And then someone else says kids going back to school is going to make monkeypox everybody's problem. And this doctor, James Lim, says what on earth is going here? So Benjamin Ryan, the New York Times writer who covers public health issues, writes this with an epic typo. This is misinformation about monkeypox. The outbreak is occurring almost entirely among men who have sex with me. Public health experts agree that sexual contact is the principal driver of transmission and have asserted that risk to kids remains very low. What he meant to say is the outbreak is occurring almost entirely among men who have sex with men, not men who have sex with me. But, (laughs) oh, the poor guy. But. But, you know, I, I mean, being a good sport, he said, my typo is teaching people about global public health. He didn't delete it. He laughed it off and he kept it. Um, and people are circulating it. I, I, I got to say, it is it is very funny, but it is a point. You, when you've got Jerome Adams, who was the Surgeon General of the United States under Donald Trump out there, said, oh, my gosh, we got two pandemics now, COVID and monkeypox. No, there is no monkeypox pandemic outside of a very small subset of people, and we know who those people are. And they are not you, nor me, nor Joe Biden being manhandled by the Saudis. They are a particular group of people in which monkeypox is a problem. Nobody else. The president has covid The president is the general demographic of Americans, all of whom can be impacted by COVID. And despite all of the vaccines and all of the boosts, people are getting it. Now, what has changed? This is the important conversation. What has changed? What has changed is you're far less likely to have a severe case of COVID now. We're not talking about hospitals being overwhelmed. We got a rise in COVID and we're not talking about it. Now, the conspiracy theorists of the right, frankly, uh, I'm I'm so disappointed in so many people in the right are saying, but did you know you're far more likely to die if you get the COVID vaccine than you are if you don't? Well, there's a reason for that. It's not the COVID vaccine killing people when they get COVID. And I know I can't disabuse conspiracy theorists of this. The reason that people who get the COVID vaccine are more likely to die than people who don't is that the people who get the COVID vaccine tend to be in much poorer health to begin with. So when you're an 80-year-old with emphysema already and prone to blood clots, yeah, you get COVID, it can still kill you. And in fact, those people have resumed their lives as they had them before COVID, and so they're much more susceptible to COVID, even with the vaccine, and yes, they can die. That's the reason. It's not like, oh my gosh, I got the COVID vaccine. And you know, I remember at the time people were telling me, oh my gosh, if you get the mRNA vaccine, that means the next time you get COVID, you will die. The, the, the level of, of certainty from the people was amazing. Or, you know, um, in, encountered a guy who happened to be, truly believe that, did you know the mRNA vaccine creates new DNA in your liver? It mutates you. The amount of crap people believe because they read it off the Internet from someone in a green, behind a green screen or in front of a green screen that looks credible is absolutely staggering to me. Lots of smart people have lost their minds, and they are absolutely convinced. I guarantee you by 30 minutes after from me saying this, I'm going to be flooded with emails, direct messages on Instagram and Twitter and the like from people you. Oh, no, no, it's true. Look at the research from this one scientist that I believe because he tells me exactly what I already believe. I don't care whether you'd get the shot or not. I'm not putting on a mask. Again, I'm not. I don't care whether you get the shot or not. Uh, The the fact that some of you are engaged in fear and conspiracy theories is insane to me because you're smart people. But I also think that the level of hysteria from the left now on, you must absolutely get these shots and vaccines. And by the way, you're still going to get COVID, so you must all still stay home in lockdown is absurd. Los Angeles County Public Schools are uh, making kids come back to school with masks on again. We have copious research now, copious research, that masking hurt the communication skills of children. I know people with small children, and their children regressed in their ability to communicate orally because of the mask issue. I know people who have this problem. There's an entire body of academic research out there showing kids have this problem. And in Los Angeles, they're going to force kids back into masks when kids who get COVID are the least likely to have symptoms. But they could spread it to their grandparents. And again, this comes back to the point I, I made yesterday. you got this entire body of academic research out there. You've got all these public health officials saying, please stay away from your grandparents and wear your mask. But they refuse, absolutely refuse to tell gay men to stop having random anonymous group sex to avoid spreading monkeypox. They want you to stay away from your grandmother, but they can't say anything in that regard. This is a double standard from the left, pervasive within academia now and within public health, which is why it's so discredited. This entire Group of people have discredited themselves because they refuse to be plain and show some humility. And when the data changes, admit the data has changed. And when they're wrong, admit they were wrong. They cannot do it. So nobody believes them even when they're right. The biggest headline that you should take away from everything about the president of the United States having COVID is that it is spreading again around the country at a rapid rate. And when college kids go back to college, it's probably gonna pick up even more. And hospitals will not be overwhelmed. There will not be this massive wave of deaths because the situation has vastly improved. As COVID has become far more contagious, it's become far less likely to kill us through drugs, through vaccines, through COVID itself. We should stop living in fear. We should resume our lives as normal. My fear, however, is that the president is going to come out and say, oh, it happened to me. It can happen to anybody. Look at the bubble I'm in. Everybody go back in your house. Stay there. Don't die. He's not going to die. You're not going to die. We're all going to be fine. And then, of course, in about two months, there will be the midterm variant. Oh, we got to have drop boxes again. Everybody's going to do absentee ballots again. You know that's going to happen. You absolutely know that's going to happen. They're going to play it up again. Republican states will be better prepared to fight it this time. It's just absurd. uh, The level of fear. The, The level of fear over monkeypox in the press is absurd. The level of fear over COVID is absurd. These people want us all to stay in a state of hysteria where they can not just control us, but have neighbor pitted against neighbor, everybody hating everybody. The fact of the matter is, unless you're a gay man engaged in anonymous group sex, you're probably not going to get monkeypox. And if you're an American citizen out and about on a daily basis, not in good health, you probably are going to get COVID and you're probably going to survive COVID. Probably everything's going to be okay. Do not live by fear. The science says you shouldn't. And all these people who say you should follow the science are the ones most prone to live in fear and get the science wrong. Overwhelmingly, again, this is the the biggest takeaway. You've got to pay attention to this one. Share it with your family and friends. Yes, there is a big wave of COVID coming. It's true. All of the data shows it. In fact, it's probably underreported because fewer people are getting tested, and yet there's still this massive wave of COVID coming. But you're not seeing a corresponding massive wave of death. Why? Because... After two years of this, we got drugs, we got vaccines, we got people who know what they're doing, and we have a lot of people who have built up immunity to it, and so they're not getting it bad. So don't freak out, even if the media and the Democrats and everybody else wants you to, don't freak out. And by the way, two weeks to stop the spread of monkeypox would involve curving a behavior no one in the media wants anybody to curb, so don't freak out about that one either. Just don't do that one thing, and you'll be there fine there too. Folks, the signature hymn sheets from Bowling Branch are a bestseller for a reason. They use the highest quality threads on earth for a superior softness, a better night's sleep. The sheets are made with threads so luxurious, three U.S. presidents love them. They feel buttery to the touch. They're super breathable. Now, here's the thing. I can tell you this from personal experience. Every time you wash the sheets... They get softer. You know, people worry about thread counts for sheets. You need to worry about the quality of the threads. Bowling Branch uses fantastic woods. You can just feel them, and they get softer and softer over time. They're very, very breathable for the summer, but they also have a good weight for the winter. They help you sleep well at night. They're not so light that you feel like nothing's on you. They... They're they're the perfect weight. They're the perfect sheet from Boland Branch. You'll immediately feel the difference with their iconic signature sheets. Right now, get 20% off site-wide during the annual summer event happening now only at BolandBranch.com. It's their best offer of the year before the holidays, so you need to act now. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com for 20% off site wide. Phenomenal deal with phenomenal product. I'm telling you, we use them in our house long before I was a broadcast reader. We use Bowling Branch. You should too. Bowlingbranch.com for 20% off sidewide. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this year program, I'm going to go to the phones. Gary, you're going to be up next. Welcome.
0: Hi, hey, Eric. How are you today? Good. What's going on? Oh, first of all, I work at the Green Store with the big P. Uh huh. And I've talked to you before. First of all, we definitely still have a baby formula shortage. Mm-hmm. Okay, even though they flow in a million pallets of it. So right. Anyways, um, I think that I got COVID when it first started. I never got sick, but I did lose my taste for a little while. Uh huh. And if Publix. Um, gives us a mass mandate again, two weeks notice on the spot.
1: You know, I'm getting that from a lot of people. And and given the economic situation out there, you can probably go find a job somewhere else that doesn't uh, very quickly. Although some of the labor market numbers there, just don't be too hasty in doing that if, if we're headed into a recession. That being said, Gary, I get this from a lot of people and, and I understand it right now. Uh Look, I I don't want to, I don't want to criticize anyone's employer, my own included for mask dates. I understand why they're there. They're trying to be a cautious and take precautions, but uh, there have been a flurry of studies out there that say mask mandates aren't stopping the spread of COVID at this point. Now, why? Because you're probably not going to get COVID at the office. You have an office, you have a cubicle, you have airflow. You're probably not gonna get COVID there. You're getting it from somewhere where you're not wearing a mask. And unless you're wearing an N95 mask at this point, the particulate on which COVID spreads is so fine that it's still gonna penetrate the mask. And in fact, with an N95 mask, if it's not fitted right, it's going to spread there as well. So it it just, it being inside an office all day, wearing a mask, isn't going to stop the spread of COVID in the office, even an N95 mask. And the odds are the people who are getting COVID in your office are getting it from somewhere other than the office anyway. So again, the, the great overwhelming body of research at this point shows that mask mandates were completely ineffective to stop COVID. If you're completely uh, convinced that you got to do everything you can to stop the spread of COVID, uh, send your office to work remote instead of putting them in masks at the office. Because uh, when they leave the office, that's when they're going to get COVID. They're going to go to a bar or a restaurant out with friends. That's where they're going to get COVID. And they're, they're going to bring it to the office. So if you're that committed to stopping the spread of office, of COVID, you should stop people coming from to the office, uh, as opposed to making them wear masks at the office, where the masks aren't actually doing any good anymore, due to the particulate size of the COVID, and also uh, the inability and the inexperience of people wearing a full N95 mask. Um, it just the science bears that out. Uh, this is all, this is very much like security theater at airports and TSA. This is a fear theater regarding COVID, making you look like you're doing something productive when really you're not doing anything. You're just showing off and pretending. Hi there. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877 Senator Ted Cruz is going to be joining me in about five minutes Um, while I'm waiting for Senator Cruz, I got a bunch of other stuff that I want to talk about. I've had to kind of shake things up just because of the, the nature of the show and the breaking news today. There's going to be a conference in Atlanta at the end of August, uh, that Senator Cruz is going to be participating in, but then we got all this other news out there as well. Um, there is data, however, uh, that has come in from a series of pollsters, uh, most recently from Quinnipiac polling. Uh, that shows essentially the the views of uh, black and Hispanic Americans is more in line with the base of the Republican Party right now on issues than with the Democrats, uh, most particularly on the economy, as the Democrats fixate on. Uh, cultural issues, abortion, climate change, which really is a cultural issue and the like. There, uh, this is Van Jones from CNN last night. And I think for uh, African American voters in particular, there's a special heartbreak because, first of all, the pain is more intense. Uh, you know, the, the rising uh, gas prices, food prices—it's really walloped the black community in a particular way. And but the hopes were so much higher, and so you have a community that came out in huge numbers in 2018, huge numbers in 2020. Expecting things to get a lot better and instead economically at least it didn't come true. It, it got worse And so you're going through a summer now of real heartbreak with black voters the polls show that and uh, I think Biden's got to take it very seriously Yeah, I, I think he does have to take it very seriously This is the Goldman Sachs CEO talking about the Biden administration on CNN this morning
0: I I think the Biden administration needs to be very focused right now on doing what it can do
1: to take policy action, some of which we talked about to help dampen this down. They've got to recognize that this is not a short-term thing. They live in it's election not transitory. cycles. It's they, Well, it's definitely not transitory. Definitely not transitory. They got to focus on this sort of stuff. Um, this is the problem that the Biden administration has at this moment. Uh, they are focused on uh, all these other issues. They're not focused on the economy. They're not focused on inflation. But there's a reason why and I mentioned it yesterday. In fact, I want to jump back into that uh, after I talked to Senator Cruz because a buddy of mine was listening yesterday as I was going through percentages and numbers. And said actually, the the percentages are are that you have are old, uh, the, and and he had updated them. And it's actually even more revealing now. But the bottom line here is that y'all remember geometry and trigonometry, sine and cosine. So sine is is a wave that if if you're picturing your head, the wave goes up. And then down, and cosine is a wave that starts down and goes up, the reverse amplitude. And what the Biden administration is trying to do is generate a cosine wave, a essentially a, a wave that dips down before it goes up, as opposed to going up before it goes down. And um, they want to um, they want to do this in large part because they need to mitigate what the Republicans are doing they they can't stop them and, and this is kind of the important thing you got to understand here at this point uh, voter polling in June tends to be reflective of the national mood in November. Now what do I mean by that? Well when you look at the president's uh, when you when you look at the president's polling in June, It tends to reflect the national voter. Uh, anxieties in November. So if the president's at 40% when you get to November, add a few points to that, and that's where the Democrats are gonna be nationally on the generic ballot. So if the president's at 40, Democrats may get 43 to 45 nationally, uh, but not beyond that, which isn't good for them. They they lose the Senate, they lose the House if they're at 45. If the president's at 35% in June, and the president was down into the 30s, you get the Democrats in the low 40s, and that becomes problematic as well. And the reason it becomes problematic is because Uh, the further down the president goes, the further he drags the party. Gravity is a real thing, even inside politics. Gravity matters greatly inside politics. What goes up must come down. When a president starts to drag down his own polling, he drags down the party around him. And in dragging the party around him, They have cascading effects from the federal government down to the state government, from the state government down to the county government, from the county government down to the city government. Remember, Barack Obama was deeply unpopular in 2010, and it was the worst wipeout the Democratic Party had had going back to 1894, I think, 1894, 1892 uh, in uh, elections. Because if you took uh, city, municipal, county state and federal all those together the democrats just got a drubbing and biden's polling is worse now that being said, uh, there are not as many swing districts now. Remember, 2010 was the process of uh, re-updating the districts and stuff. Uh, districting would, redistricting would happen, and those, those races would go into effect in 2012. That's why the Democrats had no ground to compete in 2012, particularly in House and state races, because Republicans swept in in 2010 and got to handle redistricting. In 2020, and this is where the problem is for the Democrats, they were expecting the big blue wave. All the polling showed the big blue wave. Even the Republican polling showed the big blue wave. And while Trump lost, Democrats everywhere else got slaughtered, metaphorically speaking, of course. So Republicans have yet again gotten to control redistricting. And now you're hearing the Democrats bellyache about gerrymandering. It's all gerrymandering. Really, uh, they overstate gerrymandering. They used to understate it. Now they overstate it. Yes, it has some effects but not as significantly as a lot of people would have you believe. The reason is because uh, when you look at state by state, states that tend to elect Republican governors tend to elect Republican legislatures and states that elect Democratic governors tend to elect Democratic legislatures. The, The numbers are kind of meaningless otherwise. Um, You got Democratic states, you got Republican states. There are very few swing states left. Georgia is everyone's example right now of a swing state. I feel like I'm in the center of the political universe. Georgia is not as swingy a state as people nationally would have you believe. They forget that Republicans in the state of Georgia generated 55% of the vote for the state Senate in Georgia and also generated about 54% of the vote for Republicans for Congress. You know, what that means is you take gerrymandering out of it. Every, every congressional race, they're all divided up pretty precisely with the same number of people, and yes, they're gerrymandered, so some are Republican and some are Democrat, but the reality is the Republicans in Georgia generated as a share of the vote statewide for legislative races, about 54% of the vote at the congressional level, 55% of the vote at the state level, the Senate level, 53% of the vote for the state house level. So over 50%, which is why, again, I, I would remind people that the Republicans themselves lost the Senate seats. The Democrats didn't win them so much as the Republican stayed home. Georgia is not as swingy as a lot of people would have you believe. Florida is less swingy than it used to be. You have a Republican legislature and you have a Republican governor there. It's, listen, people like to overstate these things. Some people get very defensive about it, particularly a lot of the um, pundits and talking heads who claim to be objective, but they really aren't. They got a dog in the fight. They're like, oh, Georgia is far more swingy than you get credit for. I'm not saying it's not swingy. It's just not as swingy as you people say. When Republicans can generate uh, between 53 and 56 percent of the vote at the legislative level, that means spread out across the state. There are far more people willing to vote Republican. The question is at the top of the race. You know, the South, the South is one of those interesting places, because for years in the South, you had uh, voters would vote Democrat at the state level and then vote uh, Republican at the federal level. Uh, when Carter was president, South pretty uniformly Democrat, and then Reagan came in. And Southern states started voting for Ronald Reagan at the, for president, but they would vote for Democratic members of Congress and they'd for Democratic state legislatures. You get into the 90s with Bill Clinton, and by then they're voting Republican for president. They're voting Republican for Congress, but they're still voting Republican at the state level for state legislative races. Clinton was a little bit of an anomaly in 92 with the South because he was a Southern governor, but it it, it corrected to the mean. You get into the mid-early 2000s, 2004, 2006, 2008, suddenly the shift becomes complete in the South, and they're voting uh, at federal level Republican statewide Republican, local level, and and state legislative level Republican. That big shift happened. It may, to a degree, be going back in the opposite direction now. But if it is going back in the opposite direction and not rushing, what you're still going to see is Democrats at the federal level, Republicans at the state level, and Republicans uh, at the local level. That's kind of where things are. Right now, my suspicion is we've overstated the swinginess of Georgia. And when you look at, for example, the the polling I told you about the other day that's finally been revealed publicly, uh, that uh, Brian Kemp is uh, doing – with Asian or Hispanic women. He's doing 55% with Asian voters. He's doing, uh, holding his own with college educated white voters. He's dominating non-college educated white voters. I just think that Trump was an anomaly that kind of threw off the polling and made Georgia look a little more swingy than it actually is. Now, listen, I've been waiting for Senator Cruz And he hadn't come on, which was fine because I wanted to get that stuff out of the way anyway. So what I want to go on and do, if I can, is go on and take a commercial time out here for Clock Management because he is going to join us here in just a little bit. I want to be able to talk to him about what's going on uh, nationally. He's been held up in the Senate with some business. Um, Before I do that, though, let me remind you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. If you go to Eden Pure, you can get the Thunderstorm 3-pack by putting ERIC3 on the website, E-R-I-C-K-3. Uh, you take the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack and you can clean the air in your house. Uh, you, you can clean the upstairs, the downstairs, you eliminate odors, you get rid of the dust, the mildew, the mold, the bacteria, the pollen, but really importantly, you wipe out odors. You can keep it in your suitcase, carry it with you. You can plug it up by USB cord in your car and clean out smoky, noxious pet odors in your car, all that stuff. EdenPureDeals.com, the discount code is ERIC3. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. Joining me by phone, the senator from the greatest state of Texas, Ted Cruz. Welcome. How are you, Ted?
0: Eric, great to be with you. I'm doing terrific. So
1: I understand you are coming to Atlanta at the end of August for a um, for a gathering here. What, what's happening?
0: Well, I'm going to be in Atlanta on Saturday, August 27th. Uh, I'll be there. there. There is a rally that, uh, that the Truth and Courage Pack is hosting in Atlanta. It's at the Westin Buckhead, and it'll be from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m., and it's a rally to energize and mobilize conservatives to turn out, to win, to take our country back, to take the Senate back, to take the House back. And you can sign up for free. The website is together for the number 4, truth.com again that's together the number four truth.com registrations free and there's also free barbecue and it will be a rockin time to energize and mobilize and empower activists because this election is is uh, about whether we save our country or not OK, now,
1: OK, this is total wild card here. Um, so, you know, you, you, you go to campaigns around Georgians. So if you mentioned barbecue, everybody like in, in Louisiana, it's spaghetti dinners and all the politicians and activists, they finally get tired of spaghetti in Georgia. They finally get tired of barbecue in, in Texas. I'm assuming it's barbecue. Or is it some better food in Texas that everybody eats on the campaign trail?
0: The whole lot of barbecue, and you have it all over the state. And, uh, you know, look, if you give people barbecue and beer, they're pretty much happy in Texas. Okay, that, that's uh, you, fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and, and in my experience in Georgia, that's, that's pretty much true there as well. Like uh, Texas and Georgia, we, gotta, we agree on almost everything uh, except football, and on that we'll agree to disagree.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Although I, I I see all your teams coming to the SEC, Senator.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's true, and 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 I will say I'm still traumatized from from the Braves whooping whooping the Astros in the World Series. Uh, as much as it pains me to say, they deserved to win. Although it it was close, but but you guys outplayed us. But uh, I, I hope we're that we're there this year again.
1: Now, I've only got about four more minutes here, but let me ask you some substantive stuff here. Uh, The the president of the United States uh, went to Saudi Arabia, got the fist bump with MBS, came home with COVID, uh, and still does not want uh, the fine people of Texas or the Dakotas or anywhere else to actually extract any more oil in this country, which seems like we could be energy dependent, and he doesn't want us to be.
0: Well, we know that we can be energy independent because we were. We, we were the largest producer of oil and gas in the world. America is an energy superpower. And and Joe Biden came in and just launched an assault on American oil and gas production. It's a relentless assault. 20, 30 different rules and regulations and policies aimed at shutting down production, whether stopping the Keystone Pipeline or canceling or stopping uh, lease sales onshore, offshore, uh, whether cutting off capital, debt capital, or equity financing for, for new drilling. And it's been ruthlessly effective. Joe Biden promised if you elected him, he said on the campaign trail, no more drilling, no more drilling onshore, no more drilling offshore. He's delivered on that promise. And, and the result you see every week when you fill up your tank, when, you, when it's 100 bucks to fill up a minivan and 150 bucks to pick, fill up a pickup truck, That, as as the little stickers say with Joe Biden's picture, I did that. And what's bizarre is even with high gas prices, he recognizes this is a problem on Election Day. He still doesn't want America to produce more. He's asking our enemies. He's asking countries like Iran and Venezuela for them to produce more oil because apparently he wants Iranian jobs and Venezuelan jobs. But but he he is adamantly opposed to American energy. It is backwards. It makes no sense.
1: No, it really doesn't. Look, I've only got about a minute and a half here. uh, But let me one more question here. If Republicans pull pull off the House and the Senate this year, the Biden's got a veto pin. Uh, What do you think the Republicans should prioritize in Congress if if they got to deal with Biden's veto?
0: So I think there are a lot of things we should do. Number one, we need oversight, vigorous hearings, oversight of the disastrous policies of this administration, bringing them in, forcing them to testify under oath, issuing subpoenas if necessary. I'm I'm slated to be next in line to chair the Commerce Committee. It is my intention to have vigorous oversight in the Commerce Committee. Number two, we should be blocking radical nominees, whether judicial nominees or executive nominees. If he puts up radicals, they should go nowhere. Number three, we should pass common-sense legislation, pro-growth, pro-jobs legislation, put it on his desk, make him veto it. And number four, I think one of the very first orders of, of business should be impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and having a trial in the Senate on the absolute disaster of our southern border that is caused by Mayorkas and Biden and Harris refusing to do their jobs.
1: Amen to that one. I you know, it, it's been my fear that particularly in the House leadership would get distracted by shiny objects. I think that one's necessary. the I mean, just the the border toll down there. So it, last question here, can you describe for people what you're seeing down on the Texas border?
0: A- absolute chaos. We have open borders. I was there this past weekend. I brought seven senators down there. i've been to been to the southern border many, many times. It is the worst I've ever seen, and over three million people have crossed illegally. The highest rate in over 62 years and it's all joe biden's fault he made a political decision open up the borders because that's what the radicals want we're seeing crime spiking we're seeing drug overdose last year a hundred thousand people died of drug overdoses as fentanyl is flooding in and killing our kids and joe biden and harris and the democrats refuse to do a thing to change it and i'll point out also georgia you've got you've got Herschel Walker against Raphael Warnock. Georgia needs to send a Republican. Herschel Walker. And and that could flip the Senate and take away the power from the radicals that, that are causing this chaos at the southern border.
1: Amen. Senator, listen, I appreciate you stopping by. For listeners, if you text the word data to 33777, I'll send you the link together for true so you can register for the conference August 27th. Senator, thanks. It's always good to hear from you.
0: Thanks, Eric. Take care.
1: You too, Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, text the word DATA to 33777. Uh, I will send you back the link. It's togetherfortruth.com. Four is the number, not the word. Togetherfortruth.com. Uh, you can register for the Atlanta conference August 27th. Everybody, really welcome. They had one in Wisconsin, they're doing one in Atlanta. Text DATA to 33777. I'll send you back that link. You can also subscribe to to my daily show notes email uh, with the link that comes. When we come back, let's get into the data on what's going on with this White House. I think I've got the answer.